First of all, he said it's the best simplification since 1986, which is rather like being the tallest building in Topeka. The fact is, they took a 70,000-page tax code and made it more complicated. Then the question arises, well, will the now the Republicans reform entitlements? The tax code enriches the entitlement menu by doubling the child tax credit and making $1,400 of it refundable, which means a check goes out to people who don't pay taxes. Yeah. Lowering the corporate tax rate. The proper rate for corporate taxation is zero because we don't know who pays them. Economists argue about whether it, goes, it comes out of employees' wages, shareholders, passed on to customers. If you don't know who's paying a tax, don't have that tax. Reduce it to 21%. It's a great thing to do, but any company that was paying 35% needed to fire its lawyers and accountants. The fact is most companies are paying on average about 28% anyway. So the whole thing here is they said, pass this thing, we will get 3% annual growth. They get that, everyone will forget their complaints about the tax code. I thought that was some analysis I hadn't heard anywhere else on a couple of the topics there. The uh, the I didn't know the average which for what corporations are paying was already in the ballpark of what they're lowering it to. So I don't know if they're going to be able to lower it more with their lawyers. Then you, you hear different numbers from different people. Well, theoretically, it's lowered to twenty one. Everybody's going to pay twenty one, mm-hmm. except there are uh, uh, deductions for R and D and and stuff like that. There are a couple still sacred cows that that Congress decided are important enough. We want to have incentives in the tax code for companies to do that. I've heard, but yeah, uh, nobody pays thirty five percent or ever did. It was funny, you know, my quote, quote unquote my side of this, the conservative side of this, the libertarian side of it, has been, you know, in favor of lowering the corporate tax rate. But no, anybody who ever told you thirty five percent, no wonder we're losing, is just it's not telling the truth. And then the arguing that it's a much simpler tax code. I, I've heard people argue that, including Paul Ryan on this very show. That's right. And then people like George Will saying it's gotten more complicated. So I don't. Yeah, I don't uh, know about that. And listen, I don't want to give the wrong impression. It is better to have it at 21 percent with oh, sure. fewer deductions. It makes us more competitive globally. I get but, that. You know, but the the thirty five percent was kind of a straw man. Yeah. So I'm wondering if the projections of how much it's going to make the economy roar are skewed if they started with an assumption that people were paying thirty five percent, which they weren't. Right. It's not a fourteen percent drop in what yeah. they're paying. It's more like seven. Yeah. On average. Um, and then this this homeowner's thing. Okay, so I'm into this because I'm a homeowner, right? Um, as a, a lot of you are and a lot of you aren't. And in the future, maybe not being a homeowner will be a good idea. Uh, I just came across something that I didn't know already, for instance. And I'd been reading about this over the weekend. So. Oh, I'm sure there are lots and lots of nuggets in there people are going to discover to their horror and delight yeah. in the months to come. So, and, and also, when you're reading... When you're reading up on this, it's difficult. Is this what what got thrown into the final plan, or is this from an article that is two days before the final plan, and they changed it? Because things are being changed ah. up to the last second. Yeah, including significant stuff. So I was worried about the taking away the opportunity to uh, to deduct the interest you're paying on your mortgage. You know, when you make your house payment, practically all of it's interest. Yeah, for the first it's, decade, certainly. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's depressing. When you look at your house payment and see how much of it is going to actually pay down your house. Bank gets their money first. Versus how much is the interest mm-hmm. over a 30-year loan. But um, Yeah, I remember as a kid thinking, all right, well, uh, I got, to, you know, whatever, 5% interest. So, you know, I, I'm paying $1,000 plus then 5% goes to the bank. So it must be, you know, $1,050 or whatever. And the bank gets their, their 5%. No, that's not the way it works. 
But so this is only if you're buying, if you go out and buy a house now, if you already own your home, changes to the mortgage interest and property tax deductions don't impact you. I didn't hear that till I just read it now. Uh, Grandfathered in. I didn't know that. I'm not sure every other article I've read over the weekend knows that. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's true. <laughs> That's true. That might have been taken out right. on Friday morning, and this article was from before Friday morning. So or the journalists of America are totally unaware of it, because right. half of what I've heard is false about the, the various tax measures. Well, almost everything I was going to say about the mortgage thing, I'm not sure is as impactful if that's true. If you're already in your house, it doesn't matter. Okay, but anyway, um, New York Times had this article. Homeowners have it good, too good, says the tax bill. The tax code is long offered rewards for buying rather than renting, an equation that has troubled some economists. I didn't know that. And that is being upended by the Republican bill. The bill will increase many homeowners' monthly housing costs by scaling back deductions that allow them to reduce mortgage interest and property taxes. So in a lot of your uh, bluer states, they use the examples of California and New York a lot, where you have high property taxes and you're buying an expensive house, so you got a lot of mortgage. Right. I, I've seen running through some of the numbers for people where y- y- you could have a vastly different tax bill next year than you've ever had in the past. I mean, like, huge change mm-hmm. for the worse. Um, if you live in some of these high-tax states where you're paying a lot of property tax and high mortgage. However, if it doesn't affect you, if you're already in your house, it's not quite as scary. In fact, I'm not scared at all because I'm, I'm not moving soon. If you're trying to sell an expensive house, that's a, a big change. And the point of that article was, um, years ago, many, many years ago, we decided in this country it was worth incentivizing people to buy a house. Right. Thought it was good for a number of reasons. It, it makes people um, better citizens. Uh, they have some skin in the game for all kinds More of different invested things in their communities yeah. and their schools. Just to, yeah, a lot of different things. Plus, you ever lived in a neighborhood that's mostly rentals? It's crappy. I don't know if compared to neighborhoods that are mostly owned. I don't know if that's true anymore because. Uh a lot more people are renting than buying than they used to be. I'll tell you what, you got a rental next door, you're screwed. I stand by those words. I think that'll change, especially after this, after the tax bill. I think, I think, I think a lot of smart people are going to start smart, good, decent, honest citizens with you know raising families, no planning to throw mm-hmm. a party or move or anything like that, are going to rent instead of buy. I with agree the, with that. With the but, new stuff, yeah, but they are going to care less about the condition of their home, oh, their yard, etc. Yeah. It would only make sense, right? Yeah, because they're not going to have to sell it down the line, and it's not quote unquote theirs. Well, that's you know that's that's well, that was the point of this this article in the New York Times is we're restructuring the relationship to having a home for better or worse. We have thought for many decades. That people owning a home was a was a good thing and something to push people to. When I started making any money, when we started making any money in the radio business, I went to a tax guy and he said, "Do you own a house?" And the first and he said, "The first thing you got to do is buy a house." Well, they're not going to say that anymore. Mm-hmm. That they're absolutely not going to say that anymore. Well, although you can still deduct mortgage interest up to seven hundred fifty k for now. I thought it was five hundred k. Oh man, did it change again? I thought it was five hundred k. Uh, when's this one dated? You know, and, see, this is the problem. This one's dated yesterday at 3.30 in the afternoon. Okay. Maybe the 500K was Friday morning. I don't know. Um, <laughs> this is no way to run a country. And then your your property taxes, which, depending on where you live, can be a huge deal also. Oh, uh, yeah. And you get to deduct up to 10 gur for that. But no state income tax. How's that taste, California? Is it going to change? Um, is it going to change the kind of houses that get purchased all across America? 
Is there going to be a cap at a certain level that there just aren't that many people that want to buy houses above that amount anymore? I don't know. I don't know how it's going to restructure things. Yeah, I think it'll it'll hollow out the upper upper middle. And I mean, is that super, good or bad? I don't have any idea. It's like when you're Warren's Buffett and you're, you know, even like your Nancy's Pelosi, who are crazy rich, or Bruce Springsteen says, I'm willing to pay more taxes to help out the little guy. Well, yeah, that's because you have enough disposable income to live like the Sultan of Brunei times two and pay your taxes, et cetera, et cetera. So don't speak for, you know, the, the guy who... You know, finally made vice president at his work, and he finally has a little money, and you know he can buy a house or his kids going to school. And don't don't volunteer him to pay more money. So anyway, but my point is, uh, you start messing with the way things have been structured for a long time, you don't know what the result is going to be. Unintended consequences. Who knows how people are going to react to all this? Right. Change the li- their lives, the things they decide to uh, put their money into. I don't know. Yeah. Well. And, you know, the lobbyists have been working like crazy to I'll tell you this. make sure their sacred cow isn't gored, as they do. I linked to an article in the Wall Street Journal where the, the real estate industry is working hard against this. They hate these changes. They're very unhappy with it. Now, does that mean it's good for society or bad for society? Not necessarily. You know, who knows? They got their own interests. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But it could be a significant change in the way we structure things. I do have some sympathy for uh, renters who've been saying, why am I subsidizing other people who have different lifestyle and they could, you know, make sense for them to, to own a home? Right. Maybe you're in a career where you got to move every couple of years. Maybe you're in the military, something like that. It just doesn't make any sense to or buy a house. Or you're in a housing market that every once in a while goes completely bust. Oh, that must suck. Like it does on the coasts. And so right. you're just... You're just gambling with the, I hope it doesn't go bust at the time I need to retire or move or whatever. Right. You're just hoping that it doesn't. Well, yeah, or you're living cautiously and think, I'm not even going to enter into that. I'm going to take the what would be a down payment, put it in Bitcoin, and uh, and rent. Mm-hmm. And why am I subsidizing these other people? I'm, I'm, uh, I have sympathy to that point of view. God On the other it. hand, you live next door to a rental, it sucks. Well, everybody might be living next door to a rental soon. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't know what decisions people are going to make. Neither does anybody else, by the way. Everybody's guessing, and I hope it turns out okay. Buying 50 acres in the woods, erecting one of those Quonset huts, one of those, like, uh, what do you call them? It's like a half an aluminum tube, then walls at each end. It depends. Guard dogs, rifles. It depends on who you get. Which guard is... dogs carrying rifles. What? Guy, uh, back when the, the housing boom was going and everybody was flipping houses, guy next to me sold the house, or decided to start renting it. He was buying houses and renting it out, right? Because they were going to go up in value so much. First tenants, great family. Mom, dad, couple of kids. No different than it had ever been before. It was fantastic. Um, in fact, I think they were better than the people that lived there before and owned the place. But then they moved out, and five college dudes moved in, and then it was red solo cups in the yard, and the police there at two in the morning. Uh-oh. And it was quite a change in lifestyle. And they had the guy who owned the house when he finally booted those college kids out. He had to replace all the carpet, many of the walls. Man, if you're tearing out the walls, your house was abused. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so they look forward to that in the future, I guess. So has the CDC actually banned seven words like George Carlin? Big story. Washington Post. Trump cracking down. Freedom. Science, something or other. Nah, I'm not buying it.
Did the CDC ban the S-bomb? <laughs> no, no uh, other bombs. Hmm. Stay tuned uh, to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Speaker. What up, Council? My name is Chad Kroger. Um, I'm an activist and House Party enthusiast. Over the past week, I've been in a state of deep despair upon hearing the news that L.A. is trying to outlaw House Parties in the Hollywood Hills. I am here determined to stop this future atrocity. <laughs> my first introduction to manhood came when the captain of my water polo team, Boomer Kingsley, asked me to shotgun a tall can of Bud Light in front of the whole squad at his end-of-the-season bash. His parents were in Tahoe at the time, so we tore that weekend up. It was epic, and I was super stoked. My newfound confidence gave me the courage to ask out the most popular girl in school, Lauren Stockholder, to prom that year. She rejected me, and I had to go with Stacy McMillan, but I didn't care because I was so amped on chugging with my boys. That's what house parties do. Raging at house parties is the truest way to party. Next. Why, why didn't they let him finish? Let, let him speak! speak! Let that great American speak! Let him sprung! Freedom of, freedom of speech! That's an atrocity! <laughs> <laughs> Lauren Stockholder. <laughs> Boomer, what's his name? So he was... Uh, was Kingsley he, or something? Oh, was, he put on, was he putting on an act or was that uh, I'm almost real? At this point, I'm almost sure it was, mm. it was intentionally kind of bro-like. But it, hey, hey <laughs> oh, that's some great comedy. That's, that's funny stuff. Yeah. Whatever, pretty funny. Wow, community activist there. I could get I could get behind that that issue. <laughs> she said <laughs> no. <laughs> she said no. <laughs> so I had to go with uh, what's her name. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's really good. I want to hear that again. We probably ought to chop that up too. I have little uh, snippets of it to you. So there's this big story. The WAPO's going crazy. I've seen it. I've heard it. It's being reprinted. It's being tweeted. Several people recommended that our uh, honorary general manager this morning, which we announced at 6.05, be George Carlin's uh, seven uh, words you can't say. Um, SDC. MF. T. <laughs> Actually, several of those have worked their uh, way off their list. Now you can say them, really. Whether you should or not is entirely up mm. to you, but... Uh, so, according to the WAPO, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta were given a list of forbidden terms. You can't use these in any official documents being prepared for next year's budget. You can't use the term vulnerable, entitlement, diversity, transgender, fetus, Evidence-based or science-based? Now, do we know why, uh, if this is true to start with before? Uh, Well, it's like anything else in the newspaper. (laughs) I mean, do we know it's true? I don't know. Some of those I could understand why. I don't want to hear a report where you use the word vulnerable just because that's a, you know, a, a judgment. 
Just, yeah, just give me like solid facts. It's a hot button word. A uh, it's a political word. But some yeah. of those words you mentioned, those aren't. Well, fetus. I mean, you have. Uh... Oh man, my high school biology is fading. If, if you're hungry, you should feed us. Or no, that F E T U S. Okay, uh, an unborn child. You got your zygote. You got your embryo. You got your fetus. You got your infant. All right, and it. Is I mean I can't even. And you got your baby, then you got your toddler. Sure. Then you got your kindergartner. Well, you got your preschooler first. Preschooler, then a kindergartner. Right. And you got your grade tween. Exactly. And your teen. (laughs) And your surly teen. (laughs) Then your nose effing everything. Nineteen year old. (laughs) My present company not excluded. Joe, you're turning (laughs) red. (laughs) Anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, this is uh, some of this is just bizarre. Uh, allegedly, this list was issued by uh, some old gal, Allison Kelly, career civil servant, senior leader in the agency's Office of Financial Services. She did not say why the words are being banned, told a group she was merely relaying the information. Other CDC officials confirmed the exist of, uh, existing list of forbidden words. Although, at one point, somebody said um, a couple of them were in writing, but the rest, uh, she just said, I was told that these words are. So, mm, I did. there's a lot of fudging here. There's a lot of, wait a minute, it was that on the list or isn't it? But you can say MFR. <laughs> right. This MFR uh, is sick. This MFR is vulnerable. <laughs> this, you won't believe this S. We got a transgender here. He's vulnerable. And he got a fetus. Um, in some instances, the analysts were given alternative phrases. Instead of science-based or evidence-based, the suggested phrase is, CDC bases its recommendations on science in consideration with community standards and wishes. In other cases, no replacement words were immediately offered. All right, here's, here's my reaction to this. And, you know, granted, I'm going to give you a choice or two, but I'm certain one of these choices is true. This is a wildly misinterpreted, exaggerated reaction to some sort of guidelines. And it's going to be retracted or corrected or just it'll go away quietly and nobody will ever talk about it again. Or it's possible some bureaucrat in in Trump's America unleashed this and it will be quickly disavowed and they will be gotten rid of etc this will this aggression will not stand man because this is laughable you can't say fetus so uh for those of us with younger children based on your personal experience of your own of yourself and uh, children at what point do young people feel they are the most knowledgeable about the world when when are they at their height of confidence of knowing everything you know, in my experience, it's usually after a semester of college. Okay. Or uh, or certainly a year in which their hyper-enlightened professors have taught them that everything that they thought was wrong. Me, usually it's about three drinks in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, President Trump getting ready to unveil what's being dubbed his America First National Security Policy, aimed at shaking up decades... Of policy and how to tell if you have the newest social media disease called selfitis. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Giddy. I have a an important disclaimer to issue uh, before the news based on that last statement. Okay, selfitis. What's that? Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. 
Yo, yo, yo. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> oh, seasonal theme. Yeah. Is that your new line of t-shirts? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, glomming onto your yo, yo, yo line? Yep, exactly. Uh, well, I was going to go off on another tangent. But my uh, my disclaimer is that my daughter, Delaney May, who is indeed a college freshman and about to return home after one semester of college, remains delightfully contrarian in her points of view and has basically just said to me, Dad, a lot of people here are full of crap. So she's not fallen under the sway of some communist professors. In fact, well, part of the reason she's going where she's going is it isn't nearly as communist as some other places. So, well, I know from my own personal experience, my I know everything ended when I started working full time, which was when uh, I was 19. So when I was 19, I was at the full height of I need to talk to my dad every day for advice on how to navigate the world because this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. Ah, yes. Yeah. Which for me was 19. So, yeah. I thought, oh, yeah, he's right. This is, this is really difficult out here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There are people who are actually opposing me, and not everybody's being nice. There are rules, but people ignore them. Uh, what is happening? Yeah. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump is poised to outline what's being dubbed an American First National Security Strategy, signifying some major changes to decades-old policies Trump's plan envisions nations being in a perpetual state of competition and de-emphasizes the multinational agreements that have dominated the U.S. foreign policy since the Cold War. And the plan, we're told, is going to focus on four main themes, protecting the homeland and way of life, promoting American prosperity, demonstrating peace through strength, and advancing American influence in an ever-competitive world. In the Trump doctrine, it holds nation-states, again, are in a perpetual competition and that the U.S. has got to fight on all fronts to protect and defend its sovereignty from friend and foe alike. This is the big speech he's going to be giving later today. Interesting. Now, is there there some uh, smart person that's behind this that has written books on it and spoke at length, or is this just Trump's own idea? Do we know? Now, this is a big, giant foreign policy doctrine document that they're required to do every two years, but most administrations just do it once per four-year term. Just kind of announce the way they see the world. It's, uh-huh. a, it's a law that requires it. But is there a view? Is this a viewpoint that's shared by you know somebody I've never heard of that's written thousand-page books about it, or is this something Trump came up with? I think it's probably a giant project put together by your entire foreign policy yep. and mm. national security teams. Gotcha. Anyway, that's going to be unveiled later on today. Now, I know it's a you ways... Know, National Pathetic Radio, they, yeah. uh, they made a big deal of... There's no strategy for dealing with Russia. No specific strategy for Russia, who some have accused the Trumps of uh, colluding with. How interesting. All right, settle down. It is a uh, ways off, but pollsters be polling, and Democrats, it looks like, are more fired up than Republicans heading into next year's midterm election. Pollsters be polling. That's according to the latest NBC News Wall Street Journal poll. It found 60% of Democrats say they have a high level of interest in next year's elections, versing about 49% of Republicans. So you're telling me the same cycle that has happened every president <laughs> yes. my entire life is going to happen again. That's really fascinating. Yes. I'll be damned. <laughs> And NBC News and Wall Street Journal are really trumpeting these findings this morning. And leaving out the fact that Trump has ticked up at his approval rating to 41% in that very same poll, Mm. which is pretty interesting. Yeah, the economy starts hitting 3-4%. You start seeing wages go up. People forget the other stuff. A lot of it. And Bush got reelected when he was at like 43. 
So, the, yeah. The raging Thomas Fire in California now at 45% containment. Nearly 270,000 acres and more than 1,000 structures have been devoured by the flames so far. This is now the third largest wildfire in California history. So the winds have tapered off a little bit. The crews are going to try and take advantage of that today. And if you thought taking a ton of photos of yourself, otherwise known as selfies, was harmless fun, you better think again. Psychologists have dubbed the obsessive taking of these photos self-titus. And have even developed a test you can take to see how severe a case you have of what is being called a mental disorder. Nottingham University scientists did the research. They determined borderline self-titus occurs when people take photos of themselves at least three times a day, but don't post them on social media. Somebody's classified as having acute selfitis if they take three selfies a day and actually post the photos online. The interesting thing about the selfie phenomenon is you're you're the, either the sort of person that you do it and it makes sense to you, or you're the sort of person that you can't even imagine why you would do that. Right. <laughs> it just makes zero sense to you. There doesn't seem to be an in-between on this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what it means as a, as a personality profile or anything, or if it's a damaging or something. I have observed the young in the wild. <laughs> in the wild. And, and they, especially girls, will use it as kind of just a staying in touch thing. Here I am at the blankety blank. And now their friends know that, uh, oh, she's uh, at the mall. I'll be damned. Maybe we'll go meet or something like that. It's just kind of a, a where I am and what I'm doing thing. Mm. Uh, just staying connected. I uh, I don't want anybody to know where I am or what I'm doing. Or what I look like. <laughs> exactly. I don't look good. Look that, away. Look away. That's, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. There you go. So I'm looking at the the current uh, status of the tax bill. And uh, listen, what? Uh, yeah, we've got about a minute, and this is as much time as it'll take. And um, it is evolving quickly. Jack and I discovered that based on looking at uh, a review of what's happening tax-wise, just you know, a day apart or something like that. We had very different, um, very different views of it. For instance, I've been troubled by this. I must admit that the bill repealed deductions for medical expenses. If you have super high, devastating medical expenses, we as a people have said, "Wow, wow, you really got hurt this year." You don't have to pay as much in taxes. The rest of us, we got your back. We'll pick up the slack. And I always thought that was a pretty cool provision in the tax code. That is repealed, except now it's not repealed. Student loan interest repealed, except now it's not repealed. And this is hours after it was repealed. Mm. That the classroom supplies bought with the teacher's own money not being deductible, I thought that sucked. That's no longer in the bill. But it might be again by Tuesday night when they vote. Sure. So why discuss it? I don't know. So why discuss it until it, it's finalized, I suppose? Yeah. Um, they also would have repealed the tax-free status of tuition waivers for graduate students, and that's not clear where that is at this point. Um, the, oh, the final bill preserves all of these under the current code. And I think the conference committee now is done. Isn't that correct? They've, they're done, and the House is going to vote, now the Senate's going to vote. Yeah. So I think that the, the, the changes are done. The changes to the changes. 
Did you see the Foo Fighters on Saturday Night Live? Oh my God, did they kick ass. Yeah. Uh, we'll play a little bit of that uh, for you when we come back from the break. So Fighting cool. their Foo. He's dying his hair, though. Grohl's dying his hair. He's gotta be. He's almost 50. There's no way you have that jet black goatee at 50. I hear a little jealousy. I don't have Plus, any hair at all. The Star Wars controversy. We'll share the controversy with you. Ask Positive Sean for his comments, perhaps. I don't know this. Uh, the world's most expensive home that sold recently, and we now know who the buyer was, and that's pretty interesting. You're welcome to come over anytime. It's pretty nice. It's an investment. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. music that the Foo Fighters launched into during their uh, second song on Saturday Night Live. Wow, that was like the Charlie Brown Christmas uh, piece, right? Yeah, they did a couple of tunes. Um, They did uh, one of their hits and then went into the Christmas songs, all wearing Christmas sweaters. It was very cool. And um, uh, Foo Fighters are cool. They're just cool. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I uh, immediately don't take themselves too seriously, which is a really endearing quality. For some reason, doing the second screen experience, I had to jump on my phone and see what the Twitterverse was saying about the Foo Fighters, because I noticed something about Dave Grohl, the lead singer. Mm. I was actually trying to figure out uh, a couple of things. I wondered, is he is he a hardcore Christian? Because he was wearing a cross around his neck and um, didn't come across anything on that. Although somebody said, is he trying to choke himself to death with that? Hmm. And then I went back and looked, and he had his necklace tight against his skin, like a choker, but like super tight against his neck. Wow. And then I noticed everybody in the band was doing that. So is that a new hip, cool hipster thing? Huh. Is that the trend to like where your necklace is so tight, they're they're making your neck red and leaving a line and you talk like this? Wow, that's a cool trend. <laughs> I got to get in on that. Oh, so what? I was wondering, I want to know how old he is, because his hair is jet black and his goatee is jet black, and yeah. he's almost 50. Why, you think he's going Saddam Hussein on he, us? He's dying his going hair. Going Middle Eastern dictator on clearly, us? Clearly dying his hair. Come on, Dave! <laughs> <laughs> Foo Fighters are cool, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love Dave Grohl. Uh, so, listen, uh, speaking of popular culture, the Star Wars controversy. I will tell you this. I first became aware of this when Dave in L.A. sent us this email. Um, bah, 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 bah. guys, the latest Star Wars is really just social justice warriors in space. <laughs> what? At the risk of getting the gong myself. Oh, he makes a reference to positive Sean. Please never let him review movies anymore. Um, Dave, please. We'll run the show. Actually, he says you'll run your show. But anyway. At the risk of getting the gong myself, here's a quick checklist of the new Star Wars uh, for social justice warriors. Sean, if you if you object to any of this or agree with it, feel free to jump in. Number one, Luke Skywalker, a white male, is no longer a hero until confronted by the female lead. That's a little picky. Number two, the only other good white male is a thoughtless hothead whose only role is to be put in his place by two female commanding officers. Three, there's an evil one percenter planet where the rich enslave the poor. Point four, the latest hero character is a millennial type Asian female who can do no wrong and who's being praised on Twitter for being anti-capitalist. 
Well, the movie can't be responsible for Twitter. This sounds a little like How? looking for stuff to be. Uh... <laughs> well, that's uh, well. Now, if the left gets to look for what offends them all day long, so do conservatives. Well, I don't like it either way. Number five: the force is no longer a skill that requires training and dedication, but instead a power that anyone can yield. <laughs> Sean, is that true? <laughs> if you just believe. No, it's not true. His characterization is off. Okay. Point number six: Chewbacca goes vegan. <laughs> there's a okay a quick explainer he is on a planet uh they are he is waiting for you know people to finish talking or whatever he has set up camp yes. he begins to uh he pulls something off of the barbecue one of the things he pulled off the barbecue that wasn't on the grill is looking at him in kind of an adorable way being like don't don't that's that's carl that's my buddy carl, like kind of oh. in, in, in a so disturbing he, so he does not go through with eating the meat that he just cooked so he's gone vegan unbelievable vegetarian at least i don't know if he's cutting out dairy altogether <laughs> look for a pale <laughs> look for a pale weak lip-wristed chewbacca that's funny in future movies actually there there is something to this just because this always happens uh you know in social media but indiewire tweeted Women have long taken a back seat in Star Wars, but hashtag The Last Jedi finally puts them first. And it shows the strong millennium, millennial Asian female and the, uh, the black lead fella and her looking super strong. And the Twitterverse reacted with, this is the first time a woman has been put forward. Have you ever seen a Star Wars movie like the first one? LOL. Wait, no. The first three. And then quoting Arrested Development, guessing this is your first Star War. And uh, just on and on and on. Uh, Princess Leia? She literally drove the plot in all of the first three movies, was the strongest character, and literally in command. But such is the world of the SJW. Constantly looking for virtuous signaling opportunities. How much time have we got there, Michael? I uh, got two and a half. Okay, I can tell you this story then. Um, I'm a little, I'm troubled by this. It's, it's unfortunate. I was kind of excited about this uh, new leader of Saudi Arabia, right? Oh, uh, yeah. They, they call him MMBS. And uh, Tom Friedman in the New York Times was super excited. And he is a, a cynical, uh, real politic view of the sure. Middle East. Just very realistic. It and, doesn't uh, get swept up. He more or less said he's optimistic for the first time in like 50 years uh, over something. But so. Th- the most expensive home in the world sold a couple of years ago to an anonymous buyer. They kept it secret. You can imagine that that would make sense. Sure. Just because you don't you don't want to hang it out there. Well, it's nobody's business. I've never publicized who's bought my house. <laughs> $300 million chateau in France. It's just, it looks like it's uh, the Capitol building or something. It's just unbelievable on 50-some acres. Anyway, $300 million. Well, it came out over the weekend that MBS bought that. Mohammed bin Salman. So the problem is he has just recently launched this anti-corruption uh, austerity movement in Saudi Arabia that all the princes are, are, are living way too high on the hog, uh, stealing from the economy. The downtrodden need to be taken care of, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. It came out that he bought this three in two. So before he launched this. He bought a $300 million house, the world's most expensive house, a $500 million yacht. We told you that story a couple of weeks ago because oh, he, right. he was in France and he saw there was a bigger yacht there than his. Yeah. So he went up to the guy and said, where'd you get that yacht? And then he bought it from him right there on the dock. So he would have the most expensive yacht. What do you write a check for that? Do you, do you use, uh, what is it like? What's that uh, little app you can transfer money to people? 
Which I ought to be using. Oh, yeah. Like a Venmo. There's yeah, a couple different Venmo. ones. Did he, Venmo did he find Venmo him? Half a billion dollars. And a couple of weeks ago, he bought that $450 million Leonardo da Vinci painting, da Vinci painting which he oh, tried boy. to keep quiet also. So he bought the world's most expensive house, painting, and yacht within a year, right before he launched his austerity cracking down on the Saudi elite plan. Wow. The CIA says this is a severe blow to the image that he has been trying to cultivate recently as a reformer. I and there goes say. your hope. That's right, brother. There goes your hope for the Middle East. And remember, I told my daughter this might be the biggest change in your lifetime. Saudi Arabia cracking down on fundamentalist Islam and going modern. It still could be, but it, it hurts a lot of his momentum. I think. Oh, yeah. It's hard to make the argument why if you're cracking down it, because he's a Saudi prince, too. Where did your money come from? What did you do to get all that money to buy the most expensive house, yacht, and painting in the world? By the way, the payment on a $300 million house is $1.4 million per month. Wow. Can you write off that interest? Only 750 grand. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.